Howdy kittens, welcome to The Simple Life. I am Paris Hilton. I was going to be Paris Hilton. <laughs> Not today. Hi, I'm Carlos. Um, and welcome to QBT. We are two queer babes talking about mental health, pop culture, and whatever the hell else we want. Um, welcome, Carlos. You ready to get into it? I sure am. Okay, let's go. Slick all up in my ear and shit. <laughs> Hi, um, you're um, a new friend to the podcast. Shawnee is out handling some business. Um, so it's just us girls hanging out, us squirrel friends. We have our uh, cutie Judy Carlos here. Um, hi, welcome. Thanks for so much for joining in. Hi, thank you for having me. This is such a pleasure. I've been waiting. My moment is finally here. Yeah, yeah, this is your audition. We'll see how it goes. Um, you know, uh, you've been such a giant fucking help getting us um, designs down, some new surprises down the road coming out. Um, you've been such a great friend and supporter of QBT. I'm glad to have your voice finally coming through the radio, the airwaves, you know? I feel like I'm very excited about this, but I also suffer from that thing where I don't want to hear my voice. And when I do, I'm going to be like, fuck. That is how I sound, isn't it? It is exactly how you sound. In a couple days, whenever this comes out, you're going to be like, this is the most embarrassing thing I ever did. I can't believe I sound <laughs> like that. Someone ripped my vocal cords out. That's really all that needs to happen. So um, so we are both, no one working on this podcast is currently in Portland. I scooted away to the coast with some of my lovely housemates, and we have been hunkering down in a little bit better air quality. Um, because the air quality currently in Portland is um, the worst in the country, hazardous. Not just, not just like <laughs> this doesn't feel good, but literally hazardous. Um, where did you scoot to? I scooted up north to a basement in Washington. I've got some animals with me, so it was very important to get out of the 400 plus AQI. I've uh, become an AQI expert, and yes, Portland is extremely hazardous at the moment. An AQI expert. I didn't know this recent revelation. I'm really happy that you're um, offering your skills and insight to us. We were going to talk about some pop culture and politics, but I think now we'll just talk about the weather and air patterns and wind and stuff since, you know, you you, you went to school for it, you know, like you <laughs> did your research, you have a report. Do you have a Google Slides to send me? I do. Um, and actually, I did take a class in weather in college. Um, I, I did not study AQI at the time, but at the moment, I am an air quality index expert. I believe it. Um, and the air quality is so fucking shit right now because there are fires everywhere and not Reese Witherspoon little fires everywhere. They are big fucking fires. There are giant fires devouring acres and acres and acres and <laughs> acres of the West Coast. Um, it's sad um i'm like trying to keep my head around it i honestly if i focus on it too much it gets me a little bit like and i like fully spiral into the end of the world kind of stuff um i feel very blessed to have been able to take a moment away from my house but honestly i was sitting indoors with doors and windows shut and was waking up to headaches and my eyes feeling red and just like I think we left on Friday afternoon or something like that. So this is Monday. I imagine 
we might go back this week at some point, but we don't have an immediate plan yet until we see some rain or some wind or something pushing some stuff out. But from all the way down from California up into spaces of Canada that we've got fucking fires everywhere. It's so fucking scary, man. I'm in Northwest Seattle and it's still very smoky. Um, definitely not as bad, but even looking outside, it's like I can't see towards the end of the block. Um, at least up here, it's not, there's that sepia tone over everything that makes it a lot more ominous. Right. Um, but yeah, right. it's really devastating knowing and seeing that the fires are tearing across the whole country, mm -hmm. the west side rather. Right. And when we left, it, the main thing that we did is because they didn't know if the fires were going to merge. And then Governor Kate Brown said that she was reaching out to the federal federal government for assistance and then they just like weren't getting back to her so like not only are the federal uh, agents coming into our city and beating people and taking them off the street and continuing to gas them or whatever they're also you know not going to help us with the fires because we're just like liberal assholes in Portland you know let it burn let it all fucking burn democratic run Oregon mm -mm, not getting any help yeah and I mean uh, Ted Wheeler just banned CS gas, which I guess is, you know, a good hundred day late step, but there's still multiple other gases that are being used. It's not just tear gas. There's other things that are terrorizing neighborhoods, but I mean, uh, I feel like that honestly only happened because they did a few nights of protesting in neighborhoods, like not downtown. And so like rich people were getting gassed inside their homes and suddenly it's like that's unacceptable like it's fine if you do it to people out in the street who like literally don't have walls to surround them you know but mm -hmm. god forbid you go into a neighborhood and someone who owns property getting gassed that's unacceptable it's unacceptable but i guess the fires have kind of put a damper on all of that anyway which i don't know how to feel about it but it was kind of interesting that literally only natural disasters of some of the worst kind is going to put a pause on folks standing up for what's right. Um, I don't know. It just feels crazy. I feel I'm like continuously trying to like keep my energy up and I just feel really emotionally drained a little bit. I don't know. I absolutely feel that. I feel like every single time I finally come to terms with something or get to a place of like a little bit of peace around it, there's something else added to the equation and I just am not that good at math. So yeah, it's frustrating. <laughs> I have to center myself. Um, so getting into like trash television and maintaining a little, um, maintaining some knowledge about what's going on and keeping in tune with that, but like not basing my day or my mind around everything going on because if I look at everything all at once, it's just way too much. It's too heavy and there's not really anything to do either it's like there there's like very few ways to be able to get involved other than kind of just like save your skin and talk to those around you that you love you know um saving some space i guess for i don't know hopefully we just get some rain soon but speaking of trash television what are you watching well um not super new but i'm watching love victor and oh cutie yeah yeah, that's definitely helped me um, kind of get back into my high school self. Um, mm -hmm. The thing is, I was kind of hoping that it would last a lot longer, and I binged it in three days. So now I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> what else can I watch? Yeah, well, there's a lot. You got Selling Sunset. I hear the gays are loving that. Um, also, a lot of keeping that. up. With, you got to watch uh, Keeping Up with the Kardashians. They're going away. They're finally ending after 20 
four years reigning or something. I don't know. I think it's 27, <laughs> 20 seasons, 17 years or something like that. But it does kind of feel weird that they're not, that's not going to be a thing anymore. It was a trash show for a long time, but it was kind of nice to like see stuff in whatever happening. And then like two months later, you got to see the glam squad confessional version of it. What's your relationship with keeping up with the Kardashians? Were you watching it? I have seen a lot of it I feel like when it was out on when it like first came out on tv it was definitely something I would like watch in my room before bed or something like that um but it wasn't something that I like follow followed I feel like I would get into a depressive episode like once a year and then watch like half of the season that came out the year before so like I wouldn't watch all of it but I would like skip around to like oh this is about Kanye West or like oh this is about that one thing that happened and I'll watch like those like three episode arcs but um I don't know. I mean, it's good. It's ending. I don't, there, I can't, I can't believe that they've been on television this long, to be honest, but I feel like Courtney quit and then they just didn't have anyone to bully anymore. And so it was just like, what Kylie's the favorite child and we all are doing really nothing but gathering exorbitant wealth and kind of like whitewashing our children. Like, I don't understand. Is Courtney the little one or the blonde one? Uh, Courtney is the oldest sister okay brunette she's the one that's married to scott with the kids i mean they all have kids but like um i don't know i feel like she was like the original pretty one and then like uh, cam was obviously like the paris hilton breakout and then chloe was the one that everyone was like wolf girl um and then there was the other girls and then they all look different now and they've had lots of different boyfriends etc I mean we don't have to talk about them I feel like but it's just also a little bit weird <laughs> to kind of think that there won't be a keeping up with the Kardashians anymore they're done they decided we can just make more money on social media which I guess is true which oh my god wait have you seen that Paris Hilton documentary I have well I've, seen I've only up to the part of the Provo school okay yeah like the main so- Right. I feel like um, I'm like 75% of the way through it, I think. Um, It's super cute. So Paris Hilton came out with a documentary on YouTube that kind of talks about, okay, here's the way that I navigated kind of creating this Paris character, how I feel trapped by this Paris character, how I how I envision my sex tape. And then she kind of comes out about abuse she experienced at boarding school and from other boyfriends that weren't just in that time that she's an insomniac because she dreams about the trauma experience at boarding school for a lot. Um, I feel like I learned some things. The narrative completely that they want me to buy that she has like two different people and one's a high voice and one's a low voice. I don't know if I buy that fully. I do buy that she kind of tricked a lot of people into thinking that she was this person And she went home laughing all the time. I was like, they think I'm so stupid and yada, yada. But I feel like we've known that about her for a long time. I feel like that's not, I think it'd be crazy if we'd never heard her real voice before or something like that. But I think, I don't know, have you, was that shocking to you? Maybe I just like pay too much attention to Paris. I loved seeing her um, deeper voice Paris because she just seemed a lot more chill. But it was also interesting seeing like her, I was a simple, simple life girl and I followed her very uh actively and sincerely when i was a 16 year old gay um yeah and seeing like first off recognizing and actually noticing that she does come 
like a super conservative family was kind of shocking to me. Yeah. I don't know. I've never put oh. those two things together when it's like they're hotel magnets, like obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I they're like quintessential they were... Republicans. Yeah. Yeah. When she's posing with, um, I think Nancy Reagan when she's like a child. Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, duh. And also she's the like, chairs my whole that they sit been in, conservative. and the furniture in their house is super conservative. It's like Republican as fuck. I'm like, oh wow. I don't know why I never really thought about this before. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of rumors that she voted for Trump. I don't know. I feel like what she actually did was didn't vote, but that rumor went on for a long time. Or she just didn't think about her vote and was like, that person is literally a family friend I guess that's who I'm voting for I feel like she's come out and said that she probably wouldn't do it again but I don't know it would not surprise me she says in the thing that her main goal is making a billion dollars I mean the easiest way to make a billion dollars would be for Trump to be president again so I totally. I don't know it's it's hard because like when they're talking about you know the the paparazzi thing the kind of selfie thing the social media thing i mean all of that really was created by her in a lot of ways or at least created by her in terms of how she was utilizing it um i mean every emo kid kind of had their own version of a selfie but the way that she was taking the socialite selfie was completely sort of new you know and paris Lindsay, Brittany, michelle trachtenberg like all those socialite girls like <laughs> at that time i was just like it just seemed like the coolest thing. do you remember when paris hilton's uh sidekick got leaked yes and at that time was i wanted just, uh like bedazzled sidekick so bad i still would take one i mean i i don't know what i would do with it but i would be absolutely be so stoked that i had one have you ever had one before no my mom was like we are not gonna fuck with t-mobile they have three towers <laughs> well before on sidekicks you couldn't send photo messages so you had to send them through email um so whenever Sexy. you wanted to send a picture message you'd have to send it through your t-mail account and that's how her photos leaked like her t-mail got hacked oh right because it was like it's like when you get a google phone and you create a google account it's like that account was what was hacked i just remember the like csv files of all these famous people like just their full every, it wasn't just that paris got hacked it was that every rich person's individual cell phone number got fully hacked it was just like so people were just like texting their favorite celebrity like it was super weird um oh no did you see <laughs> chris evans self-hack <laughs> that was a good self-hack I did. I did. Thanks. Thanks to you. I heard about it. I've been in my bunker for like the past three days. And I was like, wait, let's see um, what some of the more up to date news is. And I saw Chris Evans name like being bopped around. And as I dug deeper, I'm like, wait, Chris Evans dick pic. And I messaged you and I knew immediately you would provide receipts and send the dick pic that I so uh, needed. I mean, I don't know how to feel about the fact that you knew I would send it to you but <laughs> yeah basically he was on Instagram live and then uh or was like showing a screenshot of his phone and then when the video ended and it went small in his own camera roll he had a dick pic I mean good for him looks like a thick old sucker I think uh, I'm also suspicious I feel like I wonder if it's also just like a grinder screenshot, like, do we know for sure that it's his? That's one thing. Because like, I don't think he would come out and be like, oh, wait, that's not mine, guys. Like, 
because he's not going to be like everyone's going to be like why do you have this green right because it's not even the picture in question is not even there's no way to justify it other than it's a dick pic you know like it's not like sexy in other ways like it's it's just a wiener you know well it's black and white it's ominous and it's from his point of view so i mean i don't know how else he would be able to to describe that describe the acquisition of that photo yeah his younger brother i think is gay and his nudes are out everywhere too which is like i don't know i mean it's a little weird it's a little sad that you know you accidentally post something and then you know it's probably up for two minutes maybe less and and it's just it's just everywhere um I hope he has some sort of sense of humor about it but also it may just like go away completely I don't even know if like I don't know I don't think men get shamed in the same way it's just like definitely nice hog brother or whatever joke for a weekend and then you're forgotten about right which is the which is the one thing about the Paris documentary that I really liked was when she was talking about like there's this whole narrative around me that I leaked my own sex tape. She was like, I was a 19 year old girl. She doesn't say this, but what she's saying is I'm obviously fucked up. Like I'm, and while maybe that time was consensual, I did feel a little bit of pressure. And then I did not though consent to everyone seeing it or make, making me this joke when like, which I think she's right. She was like, if it came out now, the narrative would be completely different around it. Like, they would be upset at him. There, there are revenge porn laws now in place that I'm sure she would be able to use that were not in place when those things came out. Like, but you just, I mean, I feel like it, that's interesting. A lot of like copyright laws and revenge porn laws all came out of when all of those sex tapes were leaking. And she does kind of point to the fact that like, you know, some people did quote leak it versus people actually you know, gaining access to private information, you know, but I don't know, that part of it did seem really sad to me, because she seemed genuinely disturbed by the fact that people think she was only famous because of it, and it did take her name to a whole new level, because she became a national joke, but the whole reason people cared anyways, because she was already, like, she was already in a lot of front pages, she was already everywhere, you know, I didn't quite realize that she was 19 at the time and yeah, had something like that happened now, you know, technically a teenager, like the response would be completely different. It was so sad to see her mom's point of view on that too. That hit, that hit hard for sure. Yeah. I mean, they obviously did some like really fucked up stuff to her and I'm glad that they are more connected now and there's some reflection going on around it. But I mean, that's what happens in rich families like that. It's just like, it's all about, the reputation it's all about the imagery like the actual well-being of the children matters sort of you know mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't know mm-hmm. did you see the did you get to the part where um she's about to go do that dj set at tomorrow world or Tomorrowland, and she's like getting into a fight oh. with her boyfriend oh my god no i have like i'll probably finish it once i get off here oh. i didn't realize that that was a thing it's also speaking to like when when she was doing that dj thing for a bit and people were talking shit about how like she wasn't actually spinning and then she you know, does this thing where she's showing that she is but right as it's happening she gets into this like really nasty fight with her boyfriend right before she's walking on stage i'm like this cannot be real like this poor girl oh no well there's also that part where she's like there's a viral video photo of me and i've seen this photo too of like uh, some guy coming up and turning a knob and the whole thing was that she can't DJ. She just was whatever. And she was like, this dude came up and turned the volume up for what was being put out there. I just couldn't hear that. Like, 
it wasn't loud out there. It was not, it was an output thing, not like a, my sounds, my mixing or whatever. She was just like, and now there's this whole thing. I mean, it is a little crazy. She gets paid a million dollars a gig. The highest paid female DJ in the world, yeah. like is Paris Hilton. That is crazy. Have you ever listened to, I feel like you're like a SoundCloud kid. Does she have like mixes you can listen to? Like, or do they, or is it like RuPaul where it just is like, they only exist in the moment when you buy a ticket to my event? I feel like there's definitely a SoundCloud. Maybe not that she has uploaded herself. Like she doesn't do mixes, but I'm sure there's probably like live versions of those sets uploaded on SoundCloud, but I haven't heard any. Um, do you care about Dune? Um, I don't, but that trailer is amazing and I want to care the about tra- Dune. I know. I've seen the uh I've seen that one movie that's out. And there's also a mini series, I think, but the one with the um Kyle McLaughlin, that one. That's like an old 80s movie. Um, and I feel like people who love the books only like the movie kinda. And then there was supposed to be maybe like an Amaldivar version of Dune that then never got made. Oh no, Judikowski, that's what it is. That was supposed to be made. And there's all these like, a lot of like Gaga stuff at one point came from the conceptual drawings from the the Dune artwork that got released for the movie that never was. So this, that was kind of supposed to be the, ultimate dune movie and then that has kind of been scrapped and the rumors are not like it's not happening and so now there's this big budget one i don't like that tiny baby man and i hate that hollywood is trying to sell me on him as a sex symbol when he's like a tiny child man person but like as in a larger epic like i think i can buy it like i don't buy it and call me by your name i don't buy it like I didn't see Little Women because I didn't want to see Tiny Chalamet running around everywhere. But like in Dune with him and Zendaya and the worm, like that trailer looks so good. I'm really excited for it. (laughs) From at the end, that giant cinematic puckering butthole. Yeah, the sandworms. That's so dope. I think, yeah, it looks really cool. I'm excited for Zendaya. I don't, I'm not a huge fan of Timothy Shamalamalama, but it looks really good. It does look really good. I have really good hopes for it. And I'm really excited for whenever that person grows up. Like, I bet that he's, I bet I'm going to see in him what everyone else sees when he's like 34. But right now, I'm just like, how on earth are you trying to sell me on the fact that that person is like a leading man? Like, he looks 14. Like, that, it makes me feel weird when he's like being sold as like Hollywood's it person like he's a boy he's a boy child i don't understand yeah i feel like he's looked 14 for like six years now i hope he goes more like robert pattinson route where like i feel like robert pattinson had like i felt similar to you know about him at the beginning during um twilight i feel like after that i really liked his trajectory so i hope it's something similar to that yeah i agree i think that'd be really cool i'm i'm excited for the trailer i you know i i would i've been nervous about it just because like I didn't read Dune, but I, I like the story and I think it's really cool visual stuff. And also that story was kind of born out of um, the dunes in Oregon. Like um, the writer went down and saw the dunes down in Southern Oregon coast and was like, whoa, I've never seen anything like this before. And then kind of took a writer's retreat and then developed this whole epic story about sand and spice and the worms all from seeing the Oregon dunes. Um, I love that. which I've seen them too they are like majestic you feel it feels other planet like otherworldly when you're kind of there so it makes sense that it would kind of transport you there 
that trailer looks fucking good. I really hope it's not a case of a great trailer, you know, terrible movie. It already looks like it's going to be nine and a half hours long, which I'm a little suspicious of, but I think it has a potential at least of great trailer, potentially good movie. I am excited. I have been really nervous about it, you know. The trailer itself is like three minutes and 15 seconds. So yeah, I bet the movie's going to be like three, four, I know. five hours. <laughs> yeah. Which I mean, the book is giant. It's hard to figure out how to know how to make those things, you know, but, um, and we forgot to talk about this last week, Shawnee and I did, but um, that Niecy Nash came out and she yes. came out as married and running down the aisle with um, her lover, musician, who I think had done an episode of Claws, which is a really cute show. I've only seen the first season, but I really liked it. I just haven't had, I think it comes on TBS or TNT or something. Um, I feel like it'll be one of those shows that when it's all done, I'll just go back and watch all of them. Like, I think, I feel really similarly about P-Valley. I feel like both of those things I'm going to watch at some point, but like whenever they take a break. Um, Claws is cute though. Um, have you seen the, with the premise of Claws? It's like the nail salon dramedy is that am i the salon correctly? drugs yes. yeah okay. so it's like cool. cartel and then niecy nash is running they're washing money through the salon and then she's like hold up i can run this shit and then does and oh it's like God, kind of like laundering. yeah it's very that it's it's florida i'm pretty sure Work. it's very cute um i hope it's south also, florida not like methy florida are those different they're very different um south florida is more sure? like a designer rest of florida is more methy a nail salon in south florida would definitely have better drama than a northern florida one yeah and i'm sure that's probably true um dc nash um, super happy for her i also learned that she has the same exact birthday as my mother <laughs> do you think that's a good thing i think that's a great thing i love miss denise hemphill dc nash <laughs> and scream queens is one of my favorite characters on television oh yeah i mean her reno 911 character is so good and while i'm never gonna download that quibi app like i want someone to re-upload those reno 911 episodes elsewhere because i want yeah. to see more of it it's i saw a clip of um the not her but the other black guy on the force um he is like running up somewhere and it's this white woman she's like officer 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 he's like what's wrong man she's like there's some kids in the pool and he's like oh let me guess they're black and she's like yes and he's like well why you know, you don't have to call the police. And she's like, no, 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 they're drowning. He's like, no, the kids. <laughs> like, like... It's very funny. That show is like, that. I, I mean, obviously they've done a lot of, it came out around that time when like, in order to make fun sometimes of conservatism, you actually just promote conservatism, like with horrible language or stereotypes and things like that. I think we've moved a little bit away. And so I hope that it handles some of that stuff a little differently now. And they gave Niecy Nash like just an iconic character. It's so good. She's so funny. There's that episode where she's like arresting some of the prostitutes and she's talking about like how her hair is from different continents. Have you ever <laughs> seen that? I haven't. I'll post that, I'll post that clip somewhere. It's really fucking funny. Um, but I'm excited for her. I I feel like she has given kind of lesbian energy her whole life. But now that we finally have confirmation, I think it's like wonderful, beautiful, great. Love Niecy Nash. Super happy for her. Um, Pin 15 comes out this week. I am so angry because I thought that the new season came out. Like last week, I saw a journalist tweet like, oh my God, season two is so good. And then I spent like 45 minutes trying to find where it is. And then I finally realized that he had like a pre-screener and had been able to watch them and was like 
part of the promo circuit for it was like you guys can't wait for this but I was so angry so the only reason I'm talking about it is um when we've been quarantining um one of the housemates was like let's watch pen 15 for the new season comes out and it was so good I love that show have you seen it I've only seen the first few episodes and I loved it. I don't know what happened that I stopped watching it, but I feel like that's probably going to be my next show to take away my my mind from the fires. Yeah, you should. It's honestly, you only have a few more left. I think it's only like 10 episodes. And I know binging is hard for you, but I think, um, I don't know. It has enough like unique stuff going on that I, we binged it yesterday and I did not feel like burdened by it at all. You know? I and love just the way that, that the actors portray these kids but they're fully adult <laughs> and the writing is just so silly it's it's really silly I when it first came out I honestly didn't know for sure that they were adults I knew something was in the uncanny valley realm like but I just didn't know them as comedians I didn't know the premise I didn't get it I just kind of like turned it on one time and then at the end of the first episode I was like something is weird here like I don't get what's going on and then in the middle of the second episode, I was like, oh my God, those are, are adults dressed as children. And like, there's times also because they're adults that the kids around them start to look like, you're like, oh my God, is that kid 11 or 33? Like, I don't know. I don't know. There's this one girl in it who like, she's supposed to be this mean girl. And she looks like those little porcupines for them from those children's books. Um, Hold on. I'm going to show you. They're from um, like the Mercer Meyer stories of like, you know, these. Yes. 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 Porcupine yes, girls. There's this yeah. one girl who's like a mean bully girl and she looks just <laughs> like these little porcupine things. And then I couldn't stop thinking about her as a children's book. And so that was, I'll post that. Um, you know, it's really good quality content to be showing and talking about visual content on an audio medium, you know. I would love to do a side-by-side -side visual after of the animated porcupine with the mean girl from the show. It's going to be in there. It's going to be in there. Um, is there um, anything you are doing to take care of yourself this week besides watching some Love, Victor? Uh, I'm lucky enough to spend um, this evacuation time with my sister, who I usually yeah. get to see once a month. But um, I'm starting school in a couple weeks, as are you. Um, so it's nice to get okay. some family time away from the house, away from the city, just sort of vibing, making lots of food, you know, having good conversations, yeah. but also just being super chill around each other. And so it feels really nice. What about for you? I love, um, I love Kiana so much. I'm happy that um, Trend of the Pod, she's been so sweet. Love Kiana. Um, I'm glad that I know you because she's awesome. You know, like you're fine, but like your sister's amazing. You know what I mean? She's the best. Um, I talk about some meds with Aaron on the second half of this podcast, but I think since recording that, being able to have a house with some really amazing women and be able to spend some more time with some amazing women, it feels really awesome. And I feel really lucky that, you know, we were able to go to a place that is in a housemate's family, you know, like we don't have to like go put ourselves out really to do that either. It was just something that we had access to. Um, but today or yesterday, after having days and days and days of, well, in Portland, that red, heavy, toxic air and then being on the coast and it's been really gray, but at least like not headache inducing being out. Yesterday, we finally saw some of the fog lift and actually could this place is overlooking the water and we could not see the water. Like that's how foggy and gross it was. But yesterday 
there was a moment where it just kind of moved and just I just made sure to take a moment to just take a like I was indoors but take a deep breath and just like kind of breathe out and look into the water there's something um being I've been at this house before and to not be able to see the water here was it, it while the air quality was better still having that visual of everything potentially being so different like we were I don't know if you've been to the Oregon coast before but if you're a listeners I know you Carla I've been to the coast with you guys but um like it's like if you're at the edge of a beach and you normally can see along the beach to the water even that space just was so clouded that we you could only kind of see those immediately around you around you so it was it felt like a video game almost like when you're you know, like you're moving through a heavily clouded area and the point is to be a little bit disorienting. Like that's what it was like, but on just the beach, it was very strange and whatever. But um, but being able to escape and being able to be surrounded by women and making food together and laughing together and relaxing together and being nonverbal together, like just kind of days and days and days on end, like has been really nice when the last few days could have been really fucking horrible and headache inducing and bad. And so I just feel really lucky to have that. Um, I love that you said that, that like the nonverbal part about it is so nice when you could just like exist together and not feel the pressure of having to do anything but like you know you can communicate anything a look or just like shift a knee and says so much you know and not have to worry about how you present or what you're doing yeah. and people help each other out I love that sense of community so I'm happy that you have that and I have that too right now I love that for us um Thank you so much for jumping in while um, Shawnee's taking care of some things. Um, I think he might be back next week. We'll get an update soy soon. Um, I know we both trust you a lot and feel really grateful to everything that you've offered us. Um, appreciate you jumping in. We'll probably hear your voice some other times throughout the year, but for our 21st episode, our first legal episode, like we can finally drink mama, let's go. You know, I, I'm glad I'm glad it was you. First first guest host. Yay, thanks for having me so much. Yes. Um, up next we are talking with Erin Taylor, who calls herself the gossip rag of trauma. So excited to get into that and excited to laugh with the internet or laugh about the internet with her. Um, okay, friends, goodbye. Okay, friends, welcome back. Um, we have the pleasure of having Aaron Taylor here with us, um, author, meme maker, general um, internet darling. Um, has been published in Allure Magazine, Observer, The Verge, Bitch Magazine. Has a chapbook called Daddy Issues, um, where she writes a poems that were written while I was in the process of cutting out my dad in some exploration of incest, CSA, and healing. XOXO, Aaron. Um, meme account of ATM Fiend. Um, memes about trauma and finding purpose, setting boundaries. I'm a huge fan. I'm so excited to be here. Now that I've embarrassed the shit out of you. Hello, welcome. <laughs> hi, oh my God. Yeah, I'm, I'm blushing truly. Um, hi, yes, um, I'm Erin. I live in New York. I do a lot of things. I make memes on ATM Fiend. Um, which, yeah, are often similarly about a lot of trauma. Uh, I'm also a journalist and I've written for a few places and I was a poet for a very long time. I guess I'm still a poet. I don't think you can ever really like get rid of that one. You know, sure. you're even a poet. Or you it exists in your heart. 
Exactly. Like, right. you know, it just is inevitable. Everything's uh, a couplet. Um, yeah. And also um, other things about me. Um, I think I'm a good friend. Hmm. Uh, and I think that, you know, hmm. I think that I'm really, really passionate about the internet. And I think that's something about me. Um, yeah. Oh, and I'm also a Sagittarius. I'm try I can't think of any other big qualifying factors at this point. That's but, perfect. Um, that's good. You can, yeah. you can take it a gist now. They got yeah. it. They have an understanding. Um, are you a white woman? Uh, yes, I am white. Work. I am white. I am queer. Yeah, my background's like Ukrainian and Irish. Um, Grew up in Oklahoma, so I grew up in the South, um, right. Bible Belt, which was very interesting um, growing up there as a queer person. Yeah. Um, that definitely informed a lot of my really early understandings myself, for sure, in mm -hmm. that context. Um, and Do then, you have a um, distinct memory of getting the internet? Like, is that a visceral memory for you? Oh, totally. Dial up a hundred percent. Like I have very distinct memories of being like, I'm going, cause we also had our computer in a very specific section of the house. It was sure. under, under the stairs. Oh. You know? So it was like, you know, back in the day to go online, you know, you really had to go online, you know, you okay, right. on the phone, you know, like nowadays, you know, I pick up my phone, I'm online immediately. You know, right. we're online right now, even having this conversation. We're doing it. I, um, I think I learned like two years ago that some people had two phone lines. So one was for the internet and one was for the phone. And I, my brain was like, wait, you didn't have to argue with your mom about being on the phone or on the internet. That truly, it like that concept well, never even like. Right there. Yeah, you know, I, yeah. you never had cable growing up. Don't trust that. <laughs> <laughs> um, like truly, I could not imagine. Uh, yeah, but no, it's, I have very distinct. Do you have distinct memories of being online at a young age? Um, I don't remember specifically, like, mm -hmm. the time we got it. I just remember, I remember the house we got it in, and then I remember it was, like, pretty instantly Neopets and then, like, erotic stories. Like, I didn't, I, as a Christian kid, I didn't drive straight into porn porn, but I was, like... Like, like smut like you yes. know like fan fiction where it's like twilight and it's like you know something like that like, it wasn't I even that it was literally just like two people like and then i like it would start sort of straight and then i would like eventually click 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 enough to where it was like two dudes and then i click back like you know just like just create a like, area of confusion exactly exactly i mean the first girl that i ever knew could recognize me being like i have a crush on this person right was on this website that's now obviously completely defunct called pure volume i totally know it what that is like, Oh man, you were on Pure Volume. I was a guest, you know, but I I do know what it. That's the music site, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was it was like, well, it was like um, you know, like Bandcamp met MySpace, right? You know, kind of vibe. And I met this girl, and her name was Jen, and she spelled it with two N's. And I remember thinking when I was like twelve years old, I'm like, wow, that's so cute, Jen with two N's. It is really cute. <laughs> yeah, and I, yeah. So like the internet. I think as a young queer person, especially in like the South, um, with so especially like yeah, like the two thousands, twenty tens is such a like a unique experience. Yeah. It's like nowadays it's a bit different, you know. I yeah. feel like it's a lot easier to come across information, which thank God. 
but like back then i feel like there really wasn't much you know, yeah in way of um in terms of your own that we kind of we ask a lot of folks that come on um but in terms of your own personal understanding of mental health um how has the internet shaped that Oof. um i mean in so many ways i think well, one, I think especially, at least in the way that I understand my relationship with the internet, I definitely, and with my mental health and the internet, I've used it as like an archive, I think, of sorts. Mm. And I've used it, I mean, way before ATM Fiend, I mean, like I used to be on Tumblr. I was a Tumblr bitch for like 11 years. Heard you know, of her, yeah. Who was not a, you know, who? Yeah. So um, I feel like it was initially this really interesting space in which I was able to just like feel and it was like a void and the void could touch back sometimes interact and maybe you know support or it could be even horrible to you know the internet that is but i feel like i don't know it enabled me to have a better understanding um i think of what was going on with me for a long time and when i didn't have the words for it myself like and i and i mean like i think a lot of people have done this i'm just through the fact of how shitty our healthcare system is right like people can't have accessible access to care whether that be mental health care or like physical any kind you know and that includes like trying to figure out like oh am i like you know am i like is like what's going on with me is this trauma based is this chemical based what's Mm. going you know i mean i feel like i'm sure a lot of people you know can also understand this but like i remember being like having my first mental break when i was like 19 alone and i was like living in china at the time and i was just like trying to google basically google my way through trying to understand what was going Mm. on with me so you know i could figure out and i feel or like blogging about it and i don't know and i in some ways even though that can also be dangerous because obviously there are levels of limitations to self-diagnoses right but you know at the same time it did enable like levels of community that i really needed right which i think a lot of people are like suffer from various levels of mental illnesses whether you know their capacity right like they need community they need people mm-hmm. that understand them even if it's like scary sometimes because you know not everything's pretty about it and that's like the fact of it you know right but you still need love you still need friendship and solidarity right and that space sort of allows sometimes some of the bads to kind of be dissolved in the waves, right? Like you're not having to be face to face with the worst version of myself. I'm choosing to come online. I'm choosing to access this in this moment um, so that uh, I can get what I need and get what I need from other people. And I appreciate what you're saying around the self-diagnosis thing, because I mean, you know, we all have, we've seen the WebMD jokes, right? But um, I think there's something powerful about like, at least getting some entry-level knowledge to be able to take to a healthcare professional, like, or a mm-hmm. mental healthcare professional, or other people that have act, have these actual diagnoses, and be like, "I'm getting these hints of this and this and this. How does mm-hmm. this sound to you?" Obviously, there has to be levels of trust and stuff there, but there is also the other side where you're just like, "Well, I'm simultaneously." nine different diagnoses they all conflict and they all require different medication but i i know i have them <laughs> right no and it can go like either way really but i mean i definitely like had that when with complex ptsd because that is one that is really hard to get diagnosed properly yeah just because well, with anything related to trauma there's always going to be the doubt put on the person who survived the trauma right especially for women impact with them 
especially for women, but especially for like anybody, honestly. Because yeah. I mean, I think in general, like for like, and it, this goes for everybody in the world. Like everybody gets impacted by things that happen to them. That doesn't yeah. mean everybody's developed, you know, PTSD. But I mean, if you do, it's like I feel like so often a big reason that goes in unacknowledged for so long is because you're pretty much told to just like put up with it. You know, right. you're told to put up with the shitty behavior, the bad, you know, treatment whatever is leading to this development, right? Because depending on your situation, for me, there was a lot of betrayal trauma. So it's very family rooted. So, you know, my context there and, you know, but once you're able to like, you know, put the nail in it, even if it's just like getting a bit of insight into, oh, other people have felt this too. Yeah, eventually you can go when you have access to a therapist and be like, I feel like I've, you know, like, but yeah. I guess at the same time, again, accessibility of care is such a huge issue in this country. Yeah. I mean, nearly impossible, but. Right. So there's the internet of it all, but then there's also this concept of healing through art, right? And I feel like you found this really interesting mix of the two things. But um, if you're if you're starting with disclosing about, um, you know, some of your betrayal stuff with family, how was writing daddy issues for you and what is that how has that felt now that it's like out um so sorry about that um it's new york it's busy you know it's busy like (laughs) um, beyonce provide as well you know i mean comes with the territory exactly but no um i wrote daddy issues while well all the poems in daddy issues were written during the process of cutting out my dad. Um, Like every single one I was writing during the realization of both that I needed to cut him out and Mm. during the process and after the few weeks of cutting him out, um, which I've now, it's been a bit, it's been a little over a year now, it was June. So it's been a year since I cut him out, so go me. Go you. Mm Mm-hmm, but the poems themselves were really emotional. I mean, I've been a poet since, I mean, I've been a published poet since like 2015. I've had work out there. I have my like depressed poems I wrote when I was 19 still online that I don't want anyone to ever read ever, but they're out there, you know? You dig far enough, you'll find them. Yeah, and do not Google. <laughs> yeah, do not Google too deeply. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, and it's not that I'm ashamed of that work. It's just my voice is very different now. And I think um, the poems and daddy issues really show that because the context of it's like I'm actually dealing with all the things that I feel like I always needed to write about. And like, mm-hmm. I think before daddy issues, I didn't really allow myself to actually write about CSA trauma, about my father, about those feelings that were really, really painful and so isolating um, as often I think stuff with like CSA, like child sexual abuse can be, especially stuff with incest, because that's a very isolating topic that I don't feel, I mean, it's fair enough people don't want to talk about it, it's uncomfortable. No one wants to talk about that, you know? However, and that's why I chose to just put it out myself, because I didn't really want to just be like, oh, have it like looked at by like, poetry editors and da 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 I'm just like, I already know that this is an uncomfortable topic. Right. And I know that there are people out there that like need poetry about this topic. So I was like, I'm just going to put it out myself, which I'm mm. glad I did. Um, and I feel about the poems now that I'm glad I wrote them. I'm glad that I was able to process um, that stuff in that way. I do feel like 
you know, they're very vulnerable, obviously. Um, and I think that, I don't know, I and mean, this goes with anything, any kind of work that deals with something that is pretty intense like that. There's always a level, and I feel this all the time, even just with my meme page. Like, no, like when I meet someone and I find out that I know what my meme page is, I immediately just kind of get a little like, oh, okay. Like, I, cause then I don't know what they know about me, you know? You've put a lot out there. Yeah, I have. And I, I do that in like all forms of my work, I, in many ways, but yeah, with the meme page especially. And I mean, Daddy Issues very bluntly about a specific topic, so it's intense onto that topic, right? But then if you take it in like juxtaposition with the page, it's like, I mean, it's just kind of funny. Cause like people who like, for example, have a crush on me and they'll be like, oh, I want to see your page. And I'll be like, do you want to see my page? Yeah. Like, yeah, you want to see my page? Right. Um, you know? It's like day uh, three or like two years in material, but with like a wink and a giggle. Like, oh my god, yeah, literally, that's kind of how it feels. So, I mean, you know, I love that about it, and that's like honestly, like, I'm, thank you. But I'm, I'm like grateful for the space that I have given myself because I do feel like. For a very, very long time, I would not allow myself to take up space in conversations around my own experiences. And I think when you do have trauma, it's very easy to do that because you in instantly to yourself, you're like, no one wants to hear about this. No one can relate to this because that's what trauma tells you. You know what I mean? That this yeah. is like so shameful and that you should be quiet about it. It's isolating, you know? Right. But in all reality, it's like being able to allow myself, because here's the thing is like, I'm not saying that it. Some people probably will see my page or see me and get a gist of it and be like, okay, this person's a freak. I don't want to. And that's fine. They can go their own way, you know? Sure. It but, weeds people out, though. It's like you can't handle it, you know? Like, if you can't handle it at its funniest, you obviously can't handle it at its not. My life or know me as a person, like, all of those things and all of those complexities and multitudes. And this goes for any, any person on Earth, right? Whether they're putting it out in, like, an interactive meme diary or they're, you know, subtweeting on an alt account. Like everybody <laughs> has to like get it out there and process things and everyone has that shit. I don't know. So, and I feel like daddy issues is me um, taking it just like a little step further to something that I personally needed to do for myself. I yeah. needed to write it. And, and when it was done, it was done. I didn't want to do more than I needed. It was just like those poems, that was it, you know? They're out there, yeah. Um, I think for me, I am, I want to name, first of all, that like, as you were talking about not taking up space in my own body, I was just like feeling full tingles. Be, my, um, my trauma stuff is like very different. So I don't want to make uh, immediate connections. But I also mm. like, I haven't talked to my dad in like, two months, three months, like, I, I don't even know if it's an uh, active cutting out. It's just kind of like, I've offered you what I need from you and you're not giving that to me. So like, okay, we're not talking, you know, it's, it, it, it is different, but it, it's that kind of thing that's happening. It's so complicated and it's still, it's intense emotionally to like gestate on. Right. You know? But specifically that concept around not wanting to take up space. I think, especially when it comes to kid trauma shit, the, the thing that kids do is they like hide themselves, right? They're like, they don't want to like be, out there because being out there equals harm you know i think that there's like some queer kid in the south asserting stuff too yourself, probably in there hurting yourself could lead to harm right you know right. like allowing you're putting a boundary of any kind and those when you grow up in that situation especially when you get older and you're all of a sudden you're like oh i'm an adult like 
I'm allowed to assert space and have like space from a parent. Or be wrong. Or be wrong or be anything. You know what I mean? You're allowed to be a person with complex emotional feelings and experiences, you know? And I think that can be really difficult. And especially like what you're saying about like putting something and be like, you're not meeting me where I need. Because that's often the case is just like needing something and, you know, because here's the facts of it. I mean, you can do as much healing on your own, you know, as you want, but sometimes it really does suck when it's like, you know, there's this one person, you just want this one, just one thing, whether that be like an apology, forgiveness, absolutely, whatever it is, right? Like, because it's oftentimes a bunch, you know? Right. Why can't you offer me your own emotional healing? (laughs) No, I mean, yeah, I mean, not to go on my own thing, but I feel that lately with my mom, like as a result of cutting out my dad, it's like, there are conversations I want her to be having with me that I've just had to, over the past few weeks, just come to this term of being like, you know, there's only so much I can do. You know, I can tell her what I want. She can reach me or she yeah. can't, you know, and it's real. It's very and, real. And then there's like guilt on top of that when you like um, are navigating, you know, I think COVID's a great example right now. Like so many people are experiencing death and like mourning the loss of their intimate family members. And there's like not only this American societal pressure of like family first or whatever the fuck, but there's also like, especially when loss is happening, you're like, oh man, I should not be doing this because like at least there's someone there at all you know and i really um you know i i think that there's honestly a lot more content besides the poetry content that you put out a lot and in very funny ways i mean there's like um i feel like there's a lot of like really funny tongue-in-cheek like lana del rey imagery there's like a lot of like angeline-esque like type things going on like i just love the like big tittied sad nature of it all it's just so fucking funny to me (laughs) yes 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 um how did you come about i mean i guess you kind of started talking about tumblr but like is that where that creation of this specific art form the meme you know like if we're gonna talk about it as the art form how i got there yeah 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 uh well i mean i think well the atm fiend aesthetics i think pull especially really heavily from my early obsession with um teen people and gossip rags of like the 2000s like when i was a child i I mean i loved paris hilton i loved Lindsay. i loved you know, I like love that shit. And I kind of love like just juxtaposing like these like really telling or confronting emotional confessions against like, you know what I mean? Like getting out of a car. Yeah, like I love that shit. I really love that. And then also Uh, like giant blocks of text too that are really funny to me. So it's like, it's not just the fact that like, um, oh, here's some trauma against a funny picture. It's like, here's here's the trauma, what I learned about the drama and the joke about the trauma all in the same thing. Like I, I find it um, very, uh, please don't take offense to this because this isn't exactly what I mean, but like the Perez Hilton kind of stuff of it all, like just that like, it's not quite come on the lips like kind of shit, but it's oh like, God. it's like winking at it. <laughs> no, exactly. I, well, thank you. I love, God bless Perez. We're going with the whole 2000, like, I love a good gossip rag. What can I say? Right. No, and I think that's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be a gossip rag of trauma, Um, (laughs) you know, kind of. I mean, because the thing is, like, I don't know. I feel like if anything, 
the memes really took form because my I don't know if you've looked throughout like the whole page like the early stuff deal more with like I was working in a dungeon at the time and like that's what ATM Fiend was mostly originally I was like oh there aren't enough good Dommy memes yeah uh, and ATM is like like money because I love money because I'm a sure. sex worker mm-hmm. um, which I guess that is also a part of my identity I don't know why I mentioned it earlier I just kind of was like nervous but <laughs> yeah. Right, you know, uh, here, just pop that in there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but as like the page went on, I feel like, you know, the more I was just dealing with my own healing stuff, it kind of took on a different turn to be more about trauma, to be more about like, you know, understanding your life is like this narrative arc. And yeah. that's like, and I guess that's what the memes really have gotten at this point is like a, taking my own narrative arc and touching on different points in ways that I feel like are helpful to other people. Right. I mean, and to myself, I mean, like if I'm going through it, like I'm gonna be making memes about whatever I'm going through at right. the moment. But I mean, often sometimes I will just make memes about things that I, you know, have experienced that I know will be relatable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, that was something that was definitely, I've had a complex relationship, I think as the page did get bigger on, you know, my intentions behind posting and taking space when I need to, you know? Because yeah. I would never just want to post because I feel like I need to post either, you know? That's fair. That's fair. And I, I actually get that um, vibe as a as a follower. Um, I get that vibe because, like, <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> it, it's not a post every day. It's not a post even once a week sometimes, I feel like. There is space between that. And honestly, that what you're talking about, that kind of visual creation of a narrative around your healing that can sometimes be what therapy is, right? Like that is just like spending time talking about yourself, focusing on yourself and your relationships and creating a narrative that makes sense to digest and either for yourself or a lot of the power comes from being able to tell that to other people. And that's kind of what that publishing aspect of that is. And Mm -hmm. in relationship to what you were talking about at the beginning about how, um, you know, healthcare is such shit, which like, we don't have to explain, people know, but like, right. it's such shit that like, um, I, I think I told you over an email, like I have been, I don't think it was your page specifically, but several years ago, maybe I was looking at, um, these memes about ADHD and I was like, oh my God, I have ADHD. <laughs> like, I was like, that thought never occurred to me before because of the ways that I culturally understood that thing. And then I was seeing like all of this different, you know, some of it was informational content and then some of it was funny content, right? And I was like, this is hilarious because, like most comedy, it's hilarious or, or funnier if you have that experience, you know? And you're not punching down, obviously, but like, um, I think I just find it really interesting that there is this um potential concept of memes as community aid and like i don't um i don't know if i've like fully formed all of those connections there but i just like i like to think of the ways that the queer community takes care of each other and i think laughing through our pain is a big part of that oh 100 percent. i think that well in general like humor is for sure one of the best ways to like handle anything whether that be like a systemic issue to an individual right like laughing through things is just like how people get through things like in general um but also if you look at it from a communal aspect definitely especially you can see that on meme pages and within meme like you know facebook groups and like 
memes in general are like really fascinating even if you're not like obviously like memes can also be like you know meme formats and template memes and things like that sure. but if you're talking like og like original content meme pages sure. where people are making like, their own shit honestly yeah, i'm not talking like, about like fat jerry or something you know no, no, no. <laughs> but good old fuck jerry you know that guy. oh yeah he's like oh um i hate to hate him but yeah, I would say, same. like, for me, and to, this kind of goes back a little to your last question, it's kind of, like, I think they go hand in hand here, is one of the big reasons that I was able to feel comfortable creating memes is because of the influence of a friend of mine who recently passed away. Um, I don't know if you were familiar with the meme page Gay Vape Shark. Oh, I have seen it. I wasn't a following it, but I've definitely seen things reposted from it. Yeah. They, ju- they just I'm- passed uh yeah she passed away um in i believe it was the beginning of the pandemic so it was mm. either like april i think it might have been april Fuck, it was that very sucks. It, was, it did yeah it really sucked but her influence her early stuff like she originally did lettuce dog and our other friend john truly was doing cabbage cat memes and then they kind of and this was like 2017 2016 and I saw them doing it and I was just like oh well I mean I could always make memes and I always put it off for a while because I always thought oh I couldn't do that but then like the more they were doing it and like yeah building like these interesting communities of like like many people who like had because I mean especially Addy like gay vape shark like often made a lot of memes around like queerness especially regarding like gender stuff Mm -hmm. but I really feel like she was making it a time no one else was um like i would call her like the grandmother of the modern meme and it's sad to think like i don't know like the past like month and a half i've just thought you know she would have the funniest memes right Mm. now which is anyway that's a bummer but point being made seeing people like her doing it and then like having my own experiences of like you know with atmp and i definitely like was not intending to you know necessarily like give people you know memes about these specifics I was trying to make them for myself but then it was really like affirming and validating within my own like shame and isolation I was feeling or my trauma to have people who could also relate and then quickly it became like this thing where like there were like people who you know had never like I people message me like every week being like I've never told anyone this but I'm also survivor CSA I literally have messages every few days of people That's being happy. like how like this how do I get out of abusive family pandemic? How did you leave? Like all of these things. And I, and it and it's so amazing to be able to have this community, but simultaneously it's like I can never really do enough. Yeah. Due to the fact that like every person has their own context. Right. Right. Like what And you're only one person. And yeah, and, and also I'm not a mental health professional. And I make that very clear, um, even though it's funny because uh, a lot of therapists do follow my page and will share my memes, with, especially like queer therapists, which is like always great. But like, you know, I like obviously am not a mental health professional and people reach out to me. It's like I want to be able to help them or give them resources. And sometimes I'm able, you know what I mean? But sometimes I'm just not capable. And I think that that might be like, you know, the bigger your page gets, the more you are constantly reminded of your own responsibility even hmm. if you've never really like asked for it right you just innately right. have it due to platform yeah and that's something are you familiar with the page awards for good boys um i've seen that one too yeah yeah that's my friend shelby and we often like okay. talk about it just because like so shelby is like a very 
huge following and like 400k which right. is like a ridiculous it's giant yeah yeah and and it's like she doesn't really have like the relationship for example i have the ucn team followers because she can't know four hundred thousand people like i'm in a great situation where like most of the people interacting like i see them interacting you know i can yeah. kind of have like more stable parasocial relationships but the bigger it gets like the more difficult i think it can be to live up to certain expectations because at the end of the day you really are one person and not just that but you're a fallible person like i'm ought to make mistakes like i right. if anything for the meme page should be shown that i am like not a you know role model or anything like that right. but more like you know that just in general everybody i think is capable of expressing these things and i think that often it's just really difficult to do so yeah and so it's fine to do it but i don't know i just hope that people are able to i don't know want people to make their own memes I want people to start making memes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think they should. Like, it's, yeah. it's really healing to do it. Like, you know, like. Everyone has a text to... editor on their app, on their phone or whatever. Right? Like, everybody could do it, right? right? And sometimes you can just, like, take your own feeling and know where it is concisely. It's, like, yeah. And I mean, to some extent, yes, everyone can do it because it's, like, text on a picture, right? <laughs> and though there is something to having a comedic voice or having a poetic voice that you internally give your middle finger to and then kind of twist that, like, um, but I also think not everyone can because that level of vulnerability is so dangerous for some people. And I don't even mean dangerous in the actual dangerous way. I mean uh, scary, you know what I mean? And so I think what you've been able to offer through your work. And it seems, I, I am new to your work, but it seems like a larger body of work over the years has been at its core vulnerability. And like, that's fucking brave, you know? And I just like, I want you to know that like, there has been, even just in my many interactions, I just like, I will catch myself being like, ha 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 ha, Oh, I need to think about. I need to think about this. <laughs> like, I need. I need to. I need to sit with this. Or I like fully will like write something down and be like, I'm taking this into therapy with me this week. Thank God I have therapy this week, and not and and not because I'm like triggered or something awful like that. But more, no, just like I am. I'm like there is humanity behind this. And I think that that is, um, so yes, it's something that everyone can do, but it's not something everyone does. So I think that there's like that mix there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, You're so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean it. Uh, thank you so much for offering that vulnerability also here too. We don't know each other and you came jumping in. We had like a brief chat before we started recording and I was like, oh, this works. We got it. Let's hit, let's, let's press play. Let's do it. Um, that, you know, <laughs> I do being a decent conversationalist. Hell yeah. Is there anything that you want to um, plug for us? Um, oh my goodness. I really, really would love to plug my friend Ashley Ray's Twitter. She's hilarious. She's a comedian. She also does like a lot of really good like TV criticism. Um, I'll write just one of the funniest people ever. I don't know. Like, I don't know how else to put it. Like, you just sure. need to check out her Twitter. Um, I think it would be really, really great if anyone could go donate, donate money to Whose Corner Is It Anyway, okay. which is an amazing org that's like completely like a, like a sex worker collective of all workers that have been either incarcerated, been houseless, or worked on the street to use drugs. And it's completely like, they're amazing. I've met the organizers myself and they're always needing money. Great. You know, you know show, some, show some love, you know, open the wallets. Um, and yeah, let's see. Um, outside of that, 
I'm trying to think. What have I been doing? What else? What else would I want to plug? Um, those are the main things I care about. Or I mean, Swap Behind Bars. Swap Behind Bars is also really great, and everyone should check them out. You know, I, I just saw some stuff posted about that today too. Um, oh yeah, they're amazing. Um, like, honest. Uh-huh. Oh, go ahead. Say, say it. Oh, I was going to say, did you, was it good stuff you've heard? I just want to double Yeah, check. I mean, I was just like, oh. here's the thing. Trust this. We like this. That was, that's all I meant. Sorry. <laughs> okay, just double checking. I was like, oh, I mean, I don't Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I heard something about them. <laughs> no, no, no. Not, not, not true. Um, also, we have a recommendations and resources page. So if you afterwards just send me a fucking list of links, I will make sure that they go in there. So oh. be sure to check that out for places um, to to donate and then also people to follow, some time to laugh. And uh, I feel like if you start at ATM Fiend, you can kind of do the whole spiral of um, trauma work through Instagram. Let, let <laughs> um let's it's 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 beautiful um let's take a quick break okay friends we are back to take our meds um i am gonna get us rolling um if not well by the time this airs i will have had um Oh no, I was going to say it and then I got like so embarrassed. It feels so goofy. Um, I am having like, I've been two years with my partner like this week and that's like such a weird thing. I never would have thought that. And most of that we've been living together and most of that has been living together in COVID and it's like really wild, but it's like, it feels like such a, a gift to me because it's something that I never thought would happen. So I'm, I'm excited about that. I'm feeling grateful about that. Um, I'm also um, just... I started a new internship at um, uh, an anxiety clinic and it like, it's feeling good. It's feeling really scary, but it's like the good kind of scary. So um, I'll probably talk way more about that later as I dive in. But those are things that are kind of happening this week that I'm just like, I'm appreciating them. Um, Aaron, what have you got for us? Um, so things I'm appreciating this week, I guess there are two big things that I'm really, well, I guess there are a few. But one is I went to my first law meeting, which is Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous. Okay, work. And I felt really fucking proud of myself for going, so I'm shouting myself out. Yeah, kudos, yeah. kudos. Yeah, I'm like, you know, but also congrats on your healthy two-year relationship, and I'm like going to Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous. I, you know, I think we're all doing things that are good for us. Good work. Um, <laughs> and- then I'm also really excited because today I announced um, I'm getting a column with Autostraddle called Scarlet Screen and it's all going to be like criticism of sex work representation and different film and TV Cool. and that made me really pumped and I'm also really excited that I've been able to practice new levels of asserting boundaries with myself this week those are all A plus meds. Thank you so much for offering those. Um, this week's homework is to um, what we do when we don't have homework. Take care of yourselves, y'all. Um, go follow some meme accounts that you aren't following and begin to, to laugh through some of the painful shit. Um, as you all can probably hear, Shawnee's not with us right now. Um, they will be back very soon. Wishing them um, much love. Um, Thank you so much for being here, Erin. Um, can you say the name of the column that's coming out soon? Um, it's going to be called The Scarlet Screen. 
Scarlet Screen. Beautiful. You can follow us at QBT Pod on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow Aaron at, at ATM Fiend. Um, and we'll have a lot of other links of where you can catch them. Um, don't forget to subscribe and share. Um, thank you to Marquis and Shanti Darling for letting us use their music. And thank you to Ali Kilts for helping us with editing. I feel like my dog just had a dental um, thing today and she was put under anesthesia. And so she's like walking really weird. So all that jingling up and down the steps is like her like trying not to fall down the stairs because she's like full of anesthesia. Um, thank you for having me on. I really am grateful for the space you've given me. And yeah, really nice. I'm uh, super happy that you're here. And what a... <sighs> I've taken a lot of deep breaths that um, felt really good. And I enjoyed laughing with you a lot too. So this was, uh, I was saying on the break that this was like the first time that we've had someone on that we, either Shawnee or I did not know. And um, it's it's gone great doing this forevermore. Everyone I know, fuck y'all. <laughs> only, new, only new friends. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> new friends. <laughs> I'm, o- I'm only hitting up people in New York and we're smoking outside the balcony. That's all that's happening. <laughs> only way you know all right friends uh have a good week talk to you later bye Mm -hmm. trying to talk slick all up in my ear and shit